Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the Lord be with you. Merry Christmas. Amen. <laughs> it is so good to see so many people here. And it's so good just to be able to have Christmas, huh? A few months ago, Easter Mass got canceled to the public anyway. We didn't know what this fall was going to bring, let alone the winter, with things changing all the time. Thank God, praise God that we're here together, that we have each other, and that our God is still wanting to come to us in this Christmas season. Thank you for being here. A special welcome to all the parishioners who might be coming back for the first time since the pandemic uh, struck this past spring. Welcome home. Special welcome to all those who are tuning in online from their living rooms and uh, kitchens and little home chapels. Thank you for joining us. We're glad to have you here in spirit. And the Lord is happy and he sees it. So thanks for taking the time. As we begin this Mass, as always, we ask the Lord to calm our minds and our hearts, to cast out any darkness or obstacles as we call to mind our sins and ask the Lord to free us and show us his mercy. After a year like this one, we come to Christmas Mass, our church is as full as it can be. We're dressed up and ready for the parties that we can have. We get here and we start the music and it's a familiar Christmas song and it fills our hearts and then out from the sacristy walks a couple of servers a tall deacon, a short priest, and a little statue of a baby. After a year like this one, why do we come here to celebrate a baby? In 1988, just a few weeks before Christmas, A father was dropping his son off at school, like always, in northwest Armenia. That morning, he pulled up at 7.30 in the morning along the curb like we have here at Corpus Christi. The son was in the passenger seat. The father was looking at him. He's about 10 years old. Before the boy went to grab the door handle, the father said, No, no, no. Got to do our handshake first. And the boy said, I'm getting too old for this, Dad. He goes, You're not getting out of the car till then. So the boy put his hand up and did the usual, you know, handshake. And the father, as he always did, said to his son, Arman, his name, if you ever need anything, I'll come for you. You know that. And he said, thanks, Dad. Unlocked the car door, jumped out, went to school. The father went on his way across town to his job in a high-rise building on the other side of the city. That day at about noon, when the father was on his lunch break, A massive earthquake struck northwest Armenia. In fact, 25,000 people died in that one earthquake on that day. After the building stopped shaking, this father realized that there was only one place in the whole world he needed to be, and it wasn't there at work. He ran down the flights of stairs to the open street below. When he walked out into the streets of the city, he looked around and saw destruction. Buildings had collapsed. Telephone poles were laying down. The asphalt had cracked in the street. He ran to his car. He got in and he started driving across town back to his son's school. He got about halfway there 
And there was too much debris from there on. Too many buildings had collapsed and fallen. Power lines still sparking in the road. And so he left his car with the keys inside in case someone needed to move it. And he began to run across the city to Armand's school. When he arrived at about 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon, he was already greeted by many other parents and paramedics, emergency personnel, all digging through what used to be a school building. It was just flattened. There was nothing there except for rising dust and a few voices. He began to, alongside, shoulder to shoulder with some other dads and moms, dig through the rubble to try to find what would, might be a classroom or a lunchroom where their children might be. And after three or four hours of digging, they still had found not a single person alive. Not one. As the sun began to set, some of the parents began to despair. Some of them began to go home. It's not going to happen. We're not going to find them. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And one by one, they left. This father, though, he wasn't going to give up. They called somebody in to put up a giant tower with some spotlights on it, and he kept digging with a few others. Through the night, past midnight, into the darkness, with their hands scratched and bleeding, their brows heavy with sweat and dirt, they kept digging through what used to be their children's school, hoping for a sign of life, only to find nothing and nothing and nothing. As the sun began to rise the next morning, they had still found no persons alive, and they began to all give up. The father fell to his knees on top of some cinder block walls and began to cry. Is it worth it? I think some of us have felt a little bit, or maybe a lot, like that this year. January started off like every other January, cold and gray, but full of hope. New Year's resolutions began to fade as our plans began to blossom. Parties began to be planned. People began to look, for their, look forward to their wedding days. Vacations were on the calendar, and everything was great. And then all of a sudden, at the end of February, this news from way out east in China, this news began to spread across the globe of this virus that no one had heard about yet. It was coming across, and it was coming quickly, and the world was again to sh- beginning to shut down. We here in the United States begin to think to ourselves, shut down, like what? That's crazy. Within weeks, it had reached the American borders, and our cities on the coast began to close. One by one, everything began to, to isolate, to be scared, and to close up. For us, it was a a two or three week, however long it was, of an actual shutdown where we we weren't allowed to leave, you know, stuck with our family and maybe some friends. We were stuck inside and everything got put on hold. In fact, most of our plans got postponed before they most likely got canceled after that. The whole world went from being a year of 2020 with all of these possibilities to being everything we didn't want it to be. And then on top of that, Race riots began to be held in the streets. A political election like, well, I'm glad it's over. And one after another, thing after thing, 2020 presented to us all the things we didn't want. And after all of those things, after our parties got canceled and our plans got postponed, if not indefinitely, after funerals had nine people at them, here 
in this church, after people lost their jobs and kids couldn't hang out with their friends, after we stopped seeing each other's faces, after we stopped being able to visit anyone from the outside, after all of that, we thought, well, maybe, maybe at least at Christmas we'll get something, right? And here we are. And it's more than something. And yet when we show up today, we show up and we see a a little priest come out with a little model doll, an infant. And we think to ourselves, I don't need a baby. I need a hero. I need a king. I need someone to come and and end all this other stuff. God, I, I can't do this anymore, we say. I don't, I don't want something else to take care of. What I want right now is going to take everything else away. And God says, back to us. That's exactly why I'm coming to you like this. If you've ever had a baby, and many of you have them right now. If you've ever had a baby, you know what having a baby is like. They command our attention. If everyone, or if at least all of you, is not focused on that little bundle of joy in your arms, they'll tell you. And if you lose sight for a moment, you might step on something that might make you fall, or not see that they're about to spit up. Everything about a baby says, look at me. And you know how God came to us? Just like that. Our God came to us as an infant so that we'd have to sit down and shut everything else off and just hold him. Just look at him. Just pay attention to nothing besides him. Maybe in his helplessness, as we behold him, maybe in his helplessness we'll see the fact that perhaps He's not above ours. After a year like 2020, when everything has gone crazy and wrong, maybe the thing we need most right now is not someone to come in with guns ablazing, to sit on a mighty throne and authority. Maybe what we need right now above all is someone to come to us and to command our total attention. Someone who comes to us and begins to coo and to make eye contact and to warm our hearts as we hold him close, and to show us that nothing else matters. Pope Francis, last year at his vigil mass for Christmas, he said this, God does not love you because you think and you act in the right way. He doesn't love you because your plans went as you thought. He loves you, plain and simple. He just loves you. His love is unconditional. It doesn't depend upon you. How often do we think that God is good to us if we are good, and he punishes us if we are bad? Yet that's not how he is. For all of our sins, for all of the darkness around us, his love does not change. It is not fickle. It is faithful. I don't know about you, but I think that's what I need the most of in 2020 at Christmas. 
I need someone to take all of my attention away. And maybe it happens through an infant. That father in Armenia 22 years ago, he knelt down in despair because he thought perhaps all of his attention, all of his trying, all of his hope was lost. And just then a couple of other men came up and knelt down beside him and said, help us lift this wall, this cinder block wall. And so they all gathered around it and they lifted up this giant piece of of cinder block with some sheet metal on it. As they lifted this giant heavy wall up, they cast it down and it crumbled. And under that giant wall was a black hole in the ground, in the rubble, and a little bit of dust rising. That father knelt down to that hole and he yelled inside this little pocket. He said, Arman, my son, are you there? And he heard faintly a voice. His son's voice yell back from that little hole in the ground, Dad, it's me. You found me. And the father said, If you ever need me, I'm always there for you. Hang on, I'll get a ladder, I'm coming down. And then he heard that son turn to some other people, also in that little tent light pocket. And say, you see guys, I told you he'd come. Folks, take it from me. Anytime our life is not going as we wish, anytime the darkness seems to be suffocating and everything is weighing us down, anytime we we seem like we're in a hole and everything crumbled around us, God's still coming. Trust me. I'm telling you. He will come. For the final blessing, uh, just a note of thanks. Thanks to all those uh, who helped make Christmas possible this year in this church. Singing and playing, uh, decorations, the streaming service. The, uh, the cafetorium has got seats for everybody. Luckily, no one needed to go down there this time. Everybody could be joining us in here. Thank you to all those who are streaming in from online at home. I think that's the camera that's on right now. Hello. Thank you to all those who made possible everything that that we got to do this year. God can work through many things to to still bless us if we just pay attention to him. So if you do nothing else in the next 24 hours, hold the Lord. Look at him. Let him look at you. Spend time with your family. I was telling somebody else this recently. The first Christmas might be a lot like this one. Not a big party. Just your family, together in a little house, in in the darkness, quietly, together. Rejoice in it. You may never get that again. The Lord be with you.